Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. Or, if you are a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family. And if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. All right. Well, welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. I'm Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you on, well, Thursday night for me. I was going to go live again uh, tonight. Uh, it just did not work out. Uh, I started, you know, just to be sure, you know, I started the uh, the, the live stream a, a few minutes before eight o'clock, um, and the internet crashed so hard <laughs> that um, I was like, "Well, let me try to try to get this back up and run it," and it did not. So um, I've got it resetting right now, and hopefully, I can get all this stuff uploaded tonight. So be looking out for that. So. Anyways, let this mind be in you, Brother Michael D'Angelo. As I said before, if you're the first time you're watching this, I do have a channel on YouTube if you're watching on Facebook. And if you're watching on YouTube, I have a channel on Facebook. Both are going by the name Let This Mind Be In You. You can always look that up. And then anywhere you want to find podcasts, uh, wherever you listen, more than likely uh, the audio version of this right now will go out on the podcasting platform under let this mind be in you podcast. So go look that up and you can always reach me here at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. Once again, that's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. And I'd love to hear from you. So we're back in the book of acts. Uh, last week we covered acts chapter 20. Now there's not a lot in acts chapter 21 that we're going to necessarily uh, belabor. Um, it's an account again, uh, the book of acts is a, as an account. So, you know, as far as doctrinally speaking, however, I do believe that the book of acts really helps us to rightly divide the word of truth, uh, which is what we love to do here as the Bible commands. So as we go through this, we can get a proper context of what's going on. So last week we talked about acts chapter 20 and how that Paul was going back to Jerusalem. He, he wanted to go back to Jerusalem which is interesting because Paul was sent to the Gentiles. But again, his heart's desire, his burden was still for his people. Um, rightfully so. I mean, I mean, you would be too. And I don't, as I've said in on this channel before, I don't really think that this is out of disobedience. I think this is out of his desire, his heart's desire, as we found in Romans chapter nine is for his brethren there in the flesh that they would also be saved, you know, that they would come to the realization that Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. He died for the remission of sins and that um, under his ministry, there is no Jew or Gentile that, that he had a different ministry. Of course, the ministry, uh, the gospels, as it says in Galatians two of the uncircumcision. However, his heart's desire was still for his people. And even though there would be no kingdom reward, an earthly kingdom, the millennial reign and all this kind of stuff under his ministry, it still comes through Jesus Christ. It still comes through his death, burial and resurrection. And so uh, with that being said, he wants to go back there. We'll find something very interesting in Acts chapter 21, where he's doing some things uh, to kind of 
to kind of like to the Jews, he became as a Jew to the Gentiles. He became as Gentile. Um, he mentions that in one of his epistles. It's escaping me right now. But the point is, is that he goes back and he does some things in Acts chapter 21. And all the Jews are appeased. They're like, oh, OK, no problem. No, that's as you'll see tonight, that's not what happens at all. So let's get into it. Acts chapter 21, verse number one. And it came to pass that after we were gotten from them, meaning when, you know, we left last left uh, last week, you know, he was leaving. They were sorrowful and and uh, they were they were praying with them and uh, they were sorrowing because he said he would not see them uh, anymore in the in the flesh. Well, and it came to pass that after we were gotten from them and had launched, we came with a straight course unto Kus, and the day following unto Rhodes, and from thence unto Patara. And finding a ship sailing over unto Phoenicia, we went aboard, aboard excuse me, and set forth. Now when he had discovered Cyprus, we left it on the left hand. Okay, so Cyprus is an island, you can see it. And sailed unto Syria, that's northern. And landed at Tyre, which you can still see to this day. Uh, you go to the city of Tyre. For there the ship was uh, to unlade her burden. It was a shipping port. And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days, who saw, said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. And by saying up to Jerusalem, it's down, you know, but in, in the vernacular, it, this is not a, a mistake. You know, basically saying don't go up to Jerusalem um, wasn't a, a directional thing. OK, so don't get trying to tripped up on that. Anyways, keep moving here. The, the point is, is they're saying, hey, don't go, Paul. Don't um, you know, the spirit has told us don't go to Jerusalem. So Paul still says, well, I'm still going to go. Verse five. And when we had accomplished those days, the seven days. We departed and went our way, and they all brought us on our way with wives and children till we were out of the city, and we kneeled down on the shore and prayed. And we have taken our leave one of another. We took ship, and then and they returned home again. And when we had finished our course from Tyre, we came to Ptolemaeus and saluted the brethren and abode with them one day. And the next day we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip the evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. One of the seven, I believe if you go all the way back here. We're going to go all the way back to Acts chapter 6. And we read in verse number five and saying, release the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen. Here's the seven you know, men that were going to help tend to these, uh, these widows and everything else. Uh, Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And Philip, there he is right there. And Prochorus and uh, Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Okay. Anyways, the seven that they're chosen there, this is that same Philip here. So we get to see this gentleman again. And the same man, this man, Philip, had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. Yes, they did, because that's part of the sign gifts that were given unto that group. Now, again, they're going to see these. There was all over the place that these that had the sign gifts. They were even worshiping with the, the Gentile Corinthians. Uh, again, no Jew or Gentile. The body of Christ uh, was meeting with this other group. 
which were all still believers in Jesus. We've already covered this numerous times. But the point is that they were all coming together. And so he, here's another group, another group of people um, in, in this city here. And there's Philip. He had these daughters and they were able to prophesy as well. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. There's a common theme here, which is, hey, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. And we're going to see his response here in one moment. So this Agabus comes down, and when, we, when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet. This would have been what wraps around the tunic and everything like that. that that's what they're talking about, the girdle. And bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle, and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles, or the Romans. And when we had heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Here's this prophet, Paul. He's saying, don't go. You're going to get bound in hand and feet, and you're going to be give, delivered to the Gentiles. Please don't go. Then Paul answered, verse 13, what mean ye to weep and to break mine heart? Paul's just the man, and it's breaking his heart. Um, I can sort of relate with Paul right now. I'm a little bit of a broken heart. Um, I don't want to compare, but uh, yesterday we had to put our 16-year-old uh, Lucy, our 16-year-old dog, uh, we had to go put her down, and um, I was pretty broken up about it. Still am, and you know, because I'm just a man, and I have feelings as well, and uh, we had her for a very long time, but this breaking my heart when I read this and I was preparing and um, I read it again right before I start every broadcast, I reread over the passages of scripture and everything. And uh, when I saw that, I was like, broken heart, but God is faithful to be better and uh, give more comfort even in those things. And the perspective being, you know, we lost uh, uh, our dog, but at the same time, other people lose actual people. And then I thought about more and more that when people pass away, they have eternal destination somewhere. And then I thought about, am I being an ambassador? And it got kind of convicting and everything like that. So the Lord uses everything uh, to drive us back to his scripture. But um, Paul here is saying, you know, he's seeing them weep in verse 13 and you know, he's a breaking his heart there for I'm ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. You can, you can compare this to what he tells the, the, even in, in the book of Romans, his letter to the, uh, the churches there around Rome says the same thing about his brethren in the flesh, the Jewish people. And he said, even for that, he's ready to die for the name of the Lord Jesus Verse 14, and when he would not be persuaded, we see saying the will of the Lord be done. Okay, Paul, this is if, if it's God's will that you go, his will be done. And after those days, we took up our carriages and went up to Jerusalem. There went with us also certain of the disciples of Caesarea and brought with them one Manasseh of Cyprus, an old disciple with whom we should lodge. And when we were come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. These are the brethren that are still there of the, the kingdom group. They were not scattered. There were still some there. 
And the day following, Paul went in with us unto James, the leader there of the church uh, there in Jerusalem, and all the elders were present. And when he had saluted them, he declared particularly what things God had wrought among the Gentiles by his ministry. Remember, he had been to Jerusalem before talking about his ministry. And as we see in Galatians 2 and back in Acts chapter 15, we see these things are okay. These things must be so. And they extend the right hand of fellowship. But look at the difference. Okay. And again, I have to keep, I have to keep bringing this up because there's not two ways of salvation. It's only through Jesus Christ, both groups. I I had, I'm going to keep saying that. And if that upsets some people or whatever, there's no name under heaven whereby anybody must be saved except for Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross. The Jewish church, the kingdom group had to believe that. They had to believe that he was their Messiah. Yes, the Gentiles did, weren't promised a Messiah, but Jesus, God manifest in flesh, that's why Paul would preach him that way, death, burial, and resurrection, that God manifest in flesh came. The Messiah, God manifest in flesh came, was rejected, yes, but he lived a sinless life. He was without sin. We which are sinners had our place taken by him that knew no sin, as Paul says, and took on the death, even the death of the cross, Philippians chapter 2. But there's two sets of, I want to say marching orders, but there's two, there's two different sets of commandments for them to how they need to live their life because that's what they're going to get judged by at their judgment seat. We don't stand at, we both of these groups come through Jesus Christ, but don't stand at the same judgment seat. One stands at the judgment seat of Christ. That's the body of Christ. That's Paul's ministry that, that he started because he was given the revelation of the mystery. We've, we've covered that numerous times. And then the church at Jerusalem that went scattered abroad, went into all the world and preached the gospel of the, of the kingdom. They're going to get judged at the judgment of the sheep and the goats found in Matthew 25, found in the book of Revelation at the end where they're given thrones and they're given the millennial kingdom, covered that many times, but all through Christ. But I keep bringing this up because you're going to see some things that are strange to our ears because we are not a part of this group. But in the first century, both of these groups coincided with each other. But as I repeat myself, almost, you know, but a lot of people maybe watch this for the first time. There's something that happens here. Not many years after this, the temple gets torn down. And I think that is the, the close off of this kingdom gospel. There's people still alive after that for years, 20 years, at least, you know, you got John that walked with Jesus Christ. That's on the Isle of, of Patmos that receives the revelation of Jesus Christ and is given these things that we found in the book of revelation for that kingdom group talked about that in our book and our series revelation rightly divided, but you don't see them out winning people over to that because there's no more kingdom with, there's no Jerusalem that's put on pause. Jerusalem is tore down. There's no temple there. If there's no temple, Ezekiel and all the prophecies, they can't be, if there's nothing standing there, it can't have a, can't have the, uh, the kingdom. 
but they, it will be rebuilt when he comes, when they finally recognize and look upon him whom they have pierced. We covered this in Revelation Rightly Divided. But look at this language here of these men, elders of Jerusalem, not a Gentile uh, group of people that have been saved and or made new creatures in Christ Jesus, but remnant believers, these few remnant that are still alive, even after much persecution and everything else like that, they're still here. And they look at verse number 20. And when they heard it, talking about Paul's ministry and the Gentiles, they glorified the Lord and said unto him, great, Paul. And then they left it at that. No, keep reading. Thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe. And they are all zealous of the law. There was believers, Jewish believers, Jewish believers. They're not talking about Paul's ministry now. He says, look at all the people. These men are talking now to Paul saying, look at all the people that are been believing here. And look how zealous they are. Because this group of people says, thou seest, brother, talking to Paul, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe and they are all zealous of the law. Hmm. Paul talked about the law being made of none effect and that how he certainly wasn't teaching them in Corinth and Ephesus, these Gentiles, in order to, you know, be judged correctly. You know, he's not telling them to be zealous about the law, but this group is. I wonder why that is. Well, that's what they're going to get judged by. That's why. Anyways, this is talking about the dietary laws and the ritualistic cleansings and all these other kinds of things that go along with being a nation of priests, folks. And they are informed of thee that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses. What was Paul preaching to those Jews uh, that were not um, already believers? He was teaching them to forsake Moses. They get saved under his ministry. They're new creatures in Christ where there is no Jew or Gentile. Those things are gone. Now, you say to yourself, well, I don't understand. I mean, wouldn't they enter in with this kingdom group? Brother Mike, you're talking about this kingdom group, this kingdom group. Not if they're listening to Paul. So even if he goes into the synagogues, he's teaching these men and devout men that they seem to all kind of, hey, this is uh, this is what we should believe in. Look what it Paul keeps teaching, though. Teaches all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after their customs, the customs, the customs, circumcision. The customs, ritual, you know, the, the cleansings, the, the water baptisms, the, 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 the dietary things. What is it therefore? The multitude must needs come together, for they will hear that thou art come. Do therefore this that we say to thee. We have four men which have a vow on them. They said, look, Paul, uh, you might, it might not go over well. We, we praise the Lord that these Gentiles are receiving. Uh, we, we've heard you talk about this before. Hey, but uh, you got to do some things if you're going to try to like worship with us. And especially if you're going to try to go into the temple, look what goes on here. We have four men which have a vow in them. Take them and purify thyself with them and be at charges with. Look what they're telling Paul to do. 
they're telling him to go in with these men that are, have this vow on them that they go ritualistically purify thyself with them washings and things like that and be at charges with them that they may shave their heads and all may know that those things whereof they are informed concerning thee are nothing oh yes okay when paul is up yes when paul's around the gentiles maybe you know some things are going on however look at him he's going through all these things he's he's conforming he's doing these things and those things are nothing nothing no worries about it at all but thou thyself also walk as orderly and keepest the law as touching the gentiles verse 25 now if you just read this you would just scratch your head and you're like what? this doesn't make a lot of sense because why would paul do this he answers that question when he says i became as a jew you know like he was trying to get along he circumcises timothy for crying out loud and none of it still <laughs> didn't buy him any favors okay let's keep reading as touching the gentiles which believe we have written and concluded that they observe no such things okay yes the gentiles that believe don't worry about okay we understand that they don't observe such things save only that they keep themselves from things offered to idols and from blood and from strangled and from fornication and blah 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 blah, blah. right we've heard we've read this before then paul took the men these four men and the next day purifying himself with them entered into the temple to signify the accomplishment of the days of purification. Basically, uh, I'm going to let you in on a little something here. I hope the, the microphone can pick it up. Uh, Paul was among them dirty Gentiles, so he had to ritualistically purify himself in order to enter the temple. Why? <laughs> Anyways... <clears throat> Just ask yourself the question why, and, uh, and and Paul does do it though, and let's see what see what the results are. And uh, accomplishment of the day of purification until that an offering should be offered for every one of them. And when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews which were of Asia, when they saw him in the temple, stirred up all the people and laid hands on him. The ones that had been around Corinth and Ephesus and Galatia and all these other places, Philippi, were like. Mm. yeah there's paul the same dude we've been trying to like get after now these are not believers at this point these are not the ones that these are the ones that have been trying to kill paul everywhere these are not the ones that are kind of causing some issues within you know when they gather together with both groups and saying hey i think these gentiles here they need to be doing these things that we are up to that's why paul goes the first time to jerusalem to get all this stuff look no they don't have to no, they don't. Stop trying to bring them under bondage and the this yoke and everything else that we've already we've already talked about. But these uh, Jews, which were of Asia, started stirring up the people and laid hands on him, crying out, "Men of Israel, help! This is the man that teaches all men everywhere against the people." and the law, and this place, and further brought Greeks also into the temple, and hath polluted this holy place. For they had seen before with him in the city Tromiphius, an Ephesian, whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. He hadn't, but whatever. And all the city was moved. They're just trying to get people riled up again. Here's that same group of type of people trying to kill Paul once again. And the people ran together, and they took Paul and drew him out of the temple, and forthwith the doors were shut. 
got to drag him out of the temple. Can't beat him in there. Um, and as they went about to kill him, they started walloping him. They were thumping on him, throwing rocks, kicking him, doing whatever they could. As they went about to kill him, tidings came unto the chief captain of the band that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. Now, I want you to imagine something. The main barracks, this 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 castle, uh, you could see this castle kind of like the remnants today a little bit. They know exactly where it was. It's north of the temple. And I'm trying to look up the name. I had it written down. Yes, Antonio. Antonia. Uh, castle of Antonia. Uh, it's north of the temple, but it's like a big garrison. That's, that's the castle that they're talking about here. This is where they would have... Uh, you know, the captain of the band that all the city was in uproar and immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down unto them. And when they saw the chief captain of the soldiers, they left beating a ball like, well, here comes the Romans quick. Here comes the cops. You know, let's let's stop beating this man. Um, <laughs> so they they stopped. They're like, oh, what? we're not doing anything. And so Paul's probably laying there bloodied and beaten. Well, the, then the chief captain came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains and demanded who he was and what he had done. Obviously, this guy is some sort of troublemaker. This Roman doesn't know who he is. This centurion, this chief captain here, he, he comes down. And he says uh, quickly, uh, obviously, this guy's this guy's like a criminal of the highest sort. Let's throw two chains on him and demand who he is. So Paul didn't get a chance to speak as it happens in a mob. One person starts crying out one thing. One starts crying out another. Some cried one thing, some another among the multitude. And when he could not know the certainty for the tumult, he commanded him to be carried into the castle. That's that one that's north of the city. And when he was come upon the stairs, so it was that he was uh, that he was born of the soldiers for the violence of the people. Basically, Paul couldn't walk. He was beaten and he was he was he was bruised and battered and he could barely walk and stand so they're like basically got him up underneath both arms and they're just hauling him up these stairs well when he's come to so it was he was born with the soldiers for the violence of the people verse 36 for the multitude of the people followed after crying away with him basically take him where i believe they take all the criminals and if you haven't watched that video where uh where i believe golgotha is where is golgotha I believe that it's not in where the Orthodoxes believe that Golgotha in the in the tomb garden tomb is uh, the 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 Protestant area. Also, don't believe it's where the Catholics believe it is on the interior of of modern Jerusalem uh, or the old city. You can go into the Church of the Sepulchre, and that's where you know Golgotha was. No, I believe it was to the east of the city, just outside the walls. Watch that video if you want. It's a two-part video right outside the walls there to the east of the city in this place where it looks like a big forehead or a place of a skull right outside where this Castle Antonio was and where I believe that they would, it's a main thoroughfare where people would be coming in from the east into Jerusalem. They would have to pass by it. I believe it's called the Sheep Gate, and that's where they crucified the Lamb of God. But I think they're about ready to take, they're like, hey, away with him. Take him. Hey, look, right outside there. Go, go stick a bunch of nails in, in his hands and feet and put him up on a, on a cross. Get him, get him out of here. Go kill him. And as Paul was, le was to be led into the castle, he said unto the chief captain, may I speak unto thee? Who said, canst thou speak Greek? <laughs> Paul, hey, 
this is great. Paul spoke many languages, very learned man. And he speaks Greek to this, this captain of the band who apparently knew Greek. So Paul says in Greek, perfect Greek, probably, you know, it, Hey, may I speak unto thee? And he said, who canst thou speak Greek? And then he quite keeps questioning him. Aren't thou, are not thou that Egyptian, which before these day, these days made us an uproar and led us out into the wilderness, 4,000 men that were murderers? No, <laughs> but that's who he thought he was. That's why he bound him with two chains. He's like, man, this must be that guy. But Paul said, I am a man, which am a Jew of Tarsus. A city in Sicilia, uh, Cilicia, sorry, a citizen of no mean city. When he says citizen, he's meaning Roman. Because remember, he's a Roman citizen. He used that before. And I beseech thee, suffer me to speak unto the people. And when he had given him license, he said, oh, go ahead. Paul stood on the stairs and beckoned with the hand unto the people. And when there was made a great silence, he spake unto them in the Hebrew tongue, saying, and we'll pick up next week <laughs> with what he tells them. And uh, they are not happy <laughs> when, he, when he tells them what he has to say. So read ahead, Acts chapter 22, and we'll get to it next week. I hope that makes sense. I mean, again, we're not, we're not trying to like you know, break any new ground here. It's just a confirmation. As you rightly divide the scriptures, and you read the account in Acts, if you try to take a lot of stuff as doctrine, and you can just be all over the place, right? But if you take it in the proper context and understand what it is, then compare it to what Paul says in his epistles, the clear word of God will start making sense to you if, as I spoke to my buddy Aaron about today, we were talking about this, he made a great point. If you're willing to let go of your traditions and your thoughts on the matter and just read the scriptures for what it says. But that's a, that takes a willingness. That takes a, um, that takes a uh, person that's going to say, you know what, I'm going to lay aside these things which I think I know and let the word of God speak for itself. And then I'm telling you folks, the more correct division, the more right division, the the more that I take the word in the context, see who's it written to, what time frame, what's the context, you know, what is this, who is the who's the audience, who's the speaker? And these things make so much sense now, the simplicity of God's word. So I hope you're you're learning along with me to let go of things that I thought I knew or I want to be true and let God's word speak for itself. And it'll start making sense to you as we'll keep studying God's word and to let this mind be in you. Allow it. You have to allow it. God's not going to force you to write, <laughs> rightly divide his word. He says that you should study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Paul's telling Timothy that, and he's telling all of us that, and we should all understand what that means is to say, I'm going to let go of myself and allow God's word to speak itself. Okay. These things are spiritually discerned according to 1 Corinthians 2. 
if you have been made a new creature in Christ Jesus, you have the same spirit I do that teaches you all things. We have teachers, we have preachers, we have people that talk about the word of God and, and expound upon it, but that doesn't remove your responsibility to, to read God's word and to study along and to be saying, you know, to follow along everything that I'm saying and say, Hmm, I don't know if that follows scripture and to come back and say, brother Mike, this doesn't follow scripture because of this. And then we'll look at that. It's like, what scripture are we using here? Who's it talking to? And then it allows us both to learn. And then if I'm in the wrong, I need to allow God's mind to be in me and say, mm, you're right. I'm wrong. God's word is true. I must have been a, I must have made a gravious error. Let me get my mind changed to the word of God. Let's do that. Okay, shall we? All right. Well, so we had to record again, but that's okay. Please tell all your friends and family about Let This Mind Be In You. If you enjoy it, um, if you're learning along with me and you want to, um, I, I would just say the best way to help, obviously, to, to pray that uh, this, I still have liberty to do this. You know, it's it's free to do and that I just keep it going um, and that I would keep just following God's word and teaching correct division. And uh, that's the biggest way to help. Another way is to tell all your friends and family and um, see, see if that can be a help. Okay. You can always reach me. L-T-M-B-I-Y at yahoo.com. Don't forget about that. And don't forget the podcast, the Let This Mind Be In You podcast. So Facebook, YouTube, that's the video portions. All the saved videos are on there. Um, I plan on, you know, in the near future, we're going to start going back through some of the old studies and uh, see just where I was off. Because <laughs> uh, some of those things, uh, even in the early days, was uh, I was still a little bit rough. So we'll, we'll get into all that uh, at some point in time. All right. Tell all your friends and family, go back to some of those videos I talked about. Let this mind be in you. Uh, you can look down on the playlist. You can look for what's on my mind. I think that's where you find uh, where is Golgotha. That's the one I mentioned earlier. The millennial rain series is on there and all of revelation, revelation, rightly divided. All that's available for you. Many, many hours. We're over 200 now. Uh, well over 200 now. And uh, so plenty of things for you to watch and to, and to look at. So leave a comment, always leave a comment and uh, right there, give it a thumbs up or down. I don't care <laughs> if you want to give it a thumbs down. That also helps. So appreciated you either way. All right. Love you in the Lord. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed tonight as much as I did. Let's, let's see. Let's see what Paul has to say next week, but you don't have to wait. You can read ahead. Acts chapter 22. We'll be in it next week. All right. God bless you. Love you in the Lord. We'll see you next week. Lord willing.